You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. We're going to be talking about our our continuing our Niche Nuance series. Uh, Today, we'll actually be having a guest uh, with uh, Alicia Alicia Katz-Pollock, who literally wrote the book on convenience stores and gas stations. So we'll be talking about that. And our Niche Nuance series is is something that we do every once in a while where we'll have an accounting professional come on to talk about some of the uniquenesses of different niches. So it could be e-commerce or retail, or in this case, we're, we're really diving deep into retail and taking a specific niche. So this is like a sub niche of convenience stores and gas stations, uh, because, you know, the price of gas is a hot topic these days. <laughs> but don't We're not going to devolve into uh, what side of the conversation you stand on that, but uh, we are going to talk about what a, a gas station or a convenience store is going to need to, uh, to do. Uh, so, Michelle, you want to Introduce yourself, uh, someone who needs no introduction. (laughs) Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon if you're on the East Coast. Thank you for joining us. As you know, I'm Michelle Long, CPA with an MBA in Entrepreneurship, owner of Long Long for Success, author of five different books. If you want to check them out, they're all available on Amazon. And very glad to have you all joining us with our special guest today. And I am the luckiest uh, accountant in, or non-accountant in the accounting industry, uh, owner of Dan Witt, um, worked with Add Intuit for nearly 18 years, your co-host uh, today, also co-hosting uh, Workshop Wednesdays, oddly enough, tomorrow on Wednesdays uh, at schoolbookkeeping.com and uh, doing some tech editing for the QBO for Dummy series. And um, we'll pass it on over to Alicia, who is uh, joining us today. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Alicia Katz-Pollock, and um, I am, my company is RoyalWise.com. I'm a top 10 pro advisor from Insightful Accountant and a member of the uh, Intuit Trainer Writer Network. If you ever do any of the events at QBTrainingEvents.com or the road tour, and I think we're going back out on the road show, I'm one of the certification trainers. And at RoyalWise, we, special, we specialize in training, not just QuickBooks, but also Apple and Microsoft. And I have live classes. I have a whole, I've over 40 different QuickBooks online trainings, um, and I've written several books, including the one that we're going to be talking about today about gas stations. Um, I'm also written a couple textbooks. Two of them just came out for QuickBooks online uh, to teach it in the classroom from Questiva Consultants, and I'm really excited about that too. So thanks again for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. It, it's, um, it's, it's a testament, I think, to um, to the kind of community that, that, that we're in. I mean, you know, you know I, f- I feel so fortunate uh, to be uh, included in this panel uh, because I don't feel specifically like I belong here sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a testament to the coopetition, right? You know, we're all kind of like educators and trainers and, uh, and we, and we want to, you know, help this community, uh, Thrive, uh, unintended uh, for 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 Joe here, but <laughs> we we wanted to to, thr- to thrive and and we all kind of do do better together. Uh, so thanks for thanks again, Alicia, for for joining us here today. Um, so a little details about the uh, QB Power 
our hours. It's every other Tuesday at uh, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, they aren't eligible for uh, CPE, uh, but just some of the upgrade uh, updates of the, some of the things that we're, we're doing here. Uh, so next week, uh, it's kind of up in the air because we're working with some scheduling conflicts. Uh, it may be managing <laughs> multiple payment methods across multiple sales channels with Bookkeep or <laughs> desktop migration best practices. So uh, it's kind of going to tune in next uh, next time to find out exactly what topic we're going to be. But we'll, we'll update what, what that will be as the, the time draws near. Uh, we are then going to have a deeper dive with practice ignition or just now as they're calling themselves ignition. Uh, but for those old school folks, uh, if you have throw on the word practice, it's just ignition and not to alarm Joe on uh, that scaling new heights is uh, TBD, <laughs> but our, our schedule just actually accidentally uh, falls on scaling new heights this week. Uh, so we were trying to figure out what we could, uh, what we could be doing for a special event uh, at maybe at uh, scaling new heights, because Michelle and I will be there um, uh, in person. Um, and then if you need uh, the previously watching any of the, any of the QB power webinars or get the handouts or or any other resources we do have uh, qbpowerhour.com slash resources uh, website there for you a little bit of the the updates on our on our website uh, we do have a place where you can just see uh, specific uh, events uh, that as they're coming up and add them to your google calendar from there uh, also uh, alicia and other folks that have specific uh, upcoming events uh, we'll have those in there as well. I mean, if you've seen on the Facebook group, um, you know, sometimes uh, Intuit will have uh, the coffee and donuts uh, things and and the other things that would be on like QB training events. We want uh, QB Power Hour to be one of those resources that you go to to register for other uh, other events. So, Joe, I, I invite you to uh, to find someone to put the, <laughs> put those uh, events in there as well. So we, we definitely want to share the love when it comes to, you know, educating the accounting uh, community. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you have specific questions, because uh, uh, the, the content that Alicia is going to share with us today is really um, a lot. Right, to take in, um, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're going to try to go through it as, as quickly and concise as, as we can. But if you have specific questions about something that, that Alicia is saying, go ahead and put that in A. That way we can either address it live or answer it, um, you know, directly in the, in the Q&A. If you have comments like uh, hello from sunny Pennsylvania, which I saw that flip by, <laughs> just go ahead and put that in the, in the chat. And then, of course, we have the, the links and resources there, which once I'm done yammering on or or is it gibbering, uh, we're not quite <laughs> sure right? about which one's which. Um, I'll, I'll put the links uh, specifically for the for the handouts uh, in the in the Q&A. So we want to uh, give uh, Joe a few moments to talk about uh, scaling new heights, because that is um, something that's coming up really quickly. Um, and, and we wanted to give him uh, an opportunity to, to come on and, and talk to uh, talk to us about, you know, his thoughts about about scaling new heights. So I'll stop yammering and thank turn you. it over to, to you, well, Joe. Th thank you, Dan. I appreciate you and Michelle inviting me here. And uh, I'm going to be brief because I know that Alicia's topic is is extremely valuable to you all. And I just want to make sure that you guys know this is um, a 
central gathering spot for QuickBooks Pro Advisors on planet Earth, meaning that over a thousand of the world's leading QuickBooks Pro Advisors and other small business advisors are going to be joining us. Uh, over 95% of those will be certified Pro Advisors, meaning it's the creme de la creme. Uh, we're going to be uh, announcing the top 100 Pro Advisor Award winners and the category award winners and celebrating the top 100 Pro Advisors at Scaling New Heights as we do every year. <clears throat> and it says over 100 small business solutions will be featured. That number is now 114, making us officially the largest accounting technology showcase in the United States of America. Um, so we're very excited about that little designation. Um, and that is even if you count the size of ZeroCon or QuickBooks Connect pre-COVID, um, they would have to be larger than they were pre-COVID to overtake us at this point in terms of the breadth of solutions that are being featured. And brand new this year, multiple general ledger accounting platforms, Zoho Books, Zero, Sage Intact, Accounting Suite, Patriot Software, a Microsoft Business Central, and Acumatica all featured at Scaling New Heights in both the exhibit floor and in some of our breakout sessions. One third of our breakout sessions still represent the most advanced QuickBooks training on the planet, led by some of the best QuickBooks trainers on the planet, like the people in this room, um, as well as a plethora of the nation's leading QuickBooks experts, trainers. Some of this content is being designed specifically for the first time to be revealed ever at Scaling New Heights, coming up in about six weeks here. So we also have about a third of our training dedicated to pract uh, practice and professional development. And we have world-class main stage experiences, which anybody who's come to Scaling Heights will tell you that the, the lineup of speakers, you've never heard of them until you get there and you'll never forget them when you leave, <laughs> right? Because we used to spend big money on people like Damon John, Steve Forbes and all that. It was great. But those folks are, you know, eighty to $100,000 an hour. And what we found out is some of the people that are really incredible out there who are on their way up are more powerful presenters, and you just have never heard of them. Um, the, for the next slide, Dan, real fast, uh, the outcomes of this are really what matters. What are, we, what are we trying to do here? Well, we're equipping, we're empowering you and inspiring you to be a thriving practice. And we define a thriving practice in these ways. So whether you come to the conference or not, this is a great roadmap to thriving. It's not something we just slapped in. It's research driven. It's market driven. It's 20 years of experience behind these things. But if you're thriving as a practice, you need to be modernized. You need to be adaptive with your capacity. So if you're overwhelmed all the time, something's wrong. You need to be priced to your value and you need to be scaled. And on that modernized, it includes both automated and standardized in bleeding edge very powerful cloud-based workflow solutions. So we're going to be talking about all of that. That creates a wealth-generating practice where you're making money disproportionately to effort. Then when you're thriving as a professional, we're talking extreme proficiencies. One of the reasons that Alicia is on this call today, one of the reasons she's a much sought-after instructor, one of the reasons that you know her name and she's a household word among pro advisors is because she has extreme and very specific proficiencies. Right. And, and, and that's all the only delta between you and becoming that is that you develop the same, right? Or you do you become the guru of construction? Do you become the guru of inventory, which is what Water Consulting Group is? What are you the guru of, right? Michelle established herself very early on as the guru and how to build a pro advisor practice I mean, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Become the guru of something 
And then you will become uh, a spotlight will be placed upon you as a professional. And what about high impact leadership? Not just being a business owner, but leading a business. And you don't just lead people. So practitioners, I want you to understand you also lead process and you lead systems. So, but if you also lead people, how much even more do you need to develop those skill sets? And wouldn't it be great if we were work-life harmonized, um, truly work-life harmonized? So what's going to happen from all of that is effective client and practice outcomes. So are you a wealth generator for yourself? Are you a wealth generator for your clients? That's what it means to thrive. And I think there's some really great sessions out there. I'm especially excited. Um, I saw Ron Baker, I think, is doing some on the new, what he calls value pricing 2.0. on Subscription the Subscription-based pricing, yes. Yes, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like you said, it's great content that's up-to-date and really helps keep us on our toes and keeps us moving forward. So. Yeah, and Ed Class, you know, the legendary Ed Class, his uh, mm -hmm. partner in crime there on Soul of Enterprise is going to be at the show for the first time. Um, and and we're not sure if we can pull it off or not. We know we're gonna pull off a Soul of Enterprise live podcast recording on the main stage where I've told Ed and I've told um, Ron, <clears throat> unscripted, hit me with anything, including any questions that I'm not prepared for and let's just see what happens, right? Give me a hard hitting interview, cause that'll be fun. <laughs> Excuse me, but what we're not sure if we can do, we're shoot, we're crawl, fingers crossed, is maybe they're going to be able to do some soul of enterprise work right on our exhibit floor, and you can just kind of watch the magic happen. Um, it's one of the most popular accounting podcasts in the world, and uh, the whole operation is going to be deployed at Scaling New Heights. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joe, for for joining us here today. And uh, if you want to stick around, you certainly can. But uh, I know you probably. Get Got a few meetings about. I have another speaking <laughs> engagement teed up right now, but I do want to get the recording. You send it to me every time, Dan. I want to hear what Alicia has to say about this because I'm intrigued. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining in. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope we got some other people who can join us there as well. Thanks, Absolutely. Joe. Absolutely. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, Joe. All right. So, we will kick kick off our, our, our first poll here with, um, you know, because we are talking about the niche nuances, right, to, uh, and to what Joe just said about becoming the expert in, in, a, specific, uh, in a specific niche, uh, we'll launch the first poll question of, of do you have a niche? Or you know, maybe you're a generalist, or maybe you're looking for one, or, or maybe you already do specialize in a specific industry. So while you're answering that, I'm going to stop sharing so that we can pass the torch over to Alicia so she can uh, guide us through these very interesting niche nuances of, of uh, convenience stores and gas stations. So if yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And while the poll is still going, I also want to let people know that I'm going to be at Scaling New Heights. I'm actually one of the sponsors. I'm going to have a booth in the exhibit hall that my company, Royalize, does computer training. And one of the things that we do is we have training books that you can self-paced teach. We have videos, courses that you can take. And we also have a coaching program and mentorship program where I can actually help you learn QuickBooks online. So we're going to be talking about all of that and having a book release party for the new books that you can find at QuestivaConsultants.com. So super excited. So, so it'll, it'll be, what you're saying is it'll be more than a Yeti. 
we're having a debate about bringing the Yeti this year. I want to bring him, and my team is like too much work. So, so Alicia, you better tell them the story behind the Yeti because some people may not know that. So uh, my first Scaling New Heights, uh, he always has a theme, and the theme that year was Face Your Yeti. And there was an actor going around in a Yeti costume, like there was this whole stage production. And at the very, very end, Joe threw the head of the Yeti out into the audience, and whoever caught the head got to keep the costume. And I'm in the very back of the room going, oh, my God, I want it, I want it, I want it. And of course, (laughs) The throw is nowhere near me. So, okay. At the end of the show, I went up to the concierge counter to ask a question. And the woman sitting there next to me had the head. And she's like, I don't want this costume. Does anybody here want it? Well, I don't know what to do with it. And I'm like, I want it. <laughs> and she's like, really? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got the costume and it fit which is awesome because I'm, you know, five, nine. Um, and I've actually been wearing the costume ever since. And so in each of the conferences since then, I've taken the Yeti and added the theme on. The next year was Rise of the Machines. So I dressed it up like a Terminator with glowing red eyes. And then it was um, Rise of the Advisor or trans- Transformation with the butterflies. And so I covered it with butterflies. <laughs> and so every year it's like grown and grown and grown. And um, I still want to bring it. My team's like, we've got a lot to do, Alicia. I don't know if the Yeti's <laughs> So if people want to see the Yeti, let me know. I'm just going to uh, share the results here. So it looks like most people are generalists uh, that are that are joining us here today. Uh, some people do already have, have a niche, uh, but some are looking for some. So maybe at the end of this, you may have some, <laughs> maybe I want to get into it. To uh, uh, convenience stores and gas stations uh, after this one. So, if you want to go ahead and share your screen, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll look at this action-packed agenda that you've. <laughs> so hopefully, I will inspire some people to take on gas stations because oh boy, do we need people to specialize in them. So when I'm looking off this way, I'm looking at your questions and the 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 chat. So if you have questions, pop them up here and other um, so. That's why you'll see me look off to the side sometimes. So here's all the different things that we're going to talk about. Now, you know, 40 minutes is not much time. And so I'm just going to basically talk about the different topics or the different nuances that go into uh, working with gas stations and convenience stores and all the different considerations and things that you have to know. So I'm going to first tell you how I (laughs) got here. Um, Then I'm going to go into all of the different things that you need to know about working with gas stations and convenience stores, which is frequently um, abbreviated as C stores in the industry. And then I'll finish up by looking at it as a niche to see if you want to go into it. So let me go ahead and dive in and get started. So all of this started back in 2017, and I specialize in QuickBooks Online setups and uh, and trainings. And so there's a gas station on Route 101 right off of the coast in Oregon, about two and a half hours away from me. And I he, he drove me down there and put me up in a hotel to set up his store. And I thought it was going to be a two-day implementation. And like two days later, we were like barely even there. And so it took us four days altogether. And like, so it doubled the whole scope of the project, but he was so excited and so stoked by what we had put together that it, you know, so that was one of those times when scope creep actually turned into a good thing. And so since so much went into it, I decided to sit down and document all of the procedures, both so 
I remembered what I did, but then also so that he had a, a training guide for the things that he needed to do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. So I started writing it up. And then I realized that if I had put in, you know, 40 hours, or I think it was 60 hours over the space of that time, that nobody should ever have to work that hard to figure out all of this stuff. And so what I did is I actually took his file and it was on QBO, but I exported it to desktop and printed it up a little bit. And now I actually make it available. So if you are going to set up a gas station convenience store on QuickBooks, you can actually just buy my template as a starting point and then fully customize it for your own needs. Or if you have QuickBooks online, you can upload it, but it'll get it'll take care of you know 20 or 30 of those hours. And then you just kind of refine it for your specific needs. So I basically productized the gas station setup system. And so... Here's some things about the industry that are helpful to know. So this is as of 2019, but there were over 100, almost 122,000 convenience stores that also sold fuel. So about 80% of the convenience stores were also fuel-based as well. So like not your 7-Elevens, but uh, you know, all the other ones that are out there. And convenience stores sell 80% of the gas purchased in the United States. So you can see that this is a absolutely enormous opportunity. And, and um, when you're talking about um, inconvenience stores, are you, are you talking about the 7-Elevens of the world? Or are you specifically the ones that are the, the mom and pop types of uh, convenience stores and gas stations? Well, a lot of them are the mom and pops, uh, but everything that I'm talking about works whether you're just a convenience store or whether you're get just a gas station or whether you're both. You know, frequently you go out to the pump and you go in and you get your chips and snacks and then you know, go along your your merry way. So it works for both, really. Um, so there is um, industry specific software out there like C Store Pro, and there's other ones out there. What they do really well is the front-end management. You're managing the gas pumps, managing the sales, your point-of-sale systems, all of that. But what they don't do is the pre is the is the tax reporting. You know, you don't get an actual PL and balance sheet out of it. And so even if you're using that software, you still need that level of reporting. There are other packages out there, but some of them are ancient and showing their age. Some people are just doing it on Excel. And so when you're doing it in QuickBooks um, desktop or QuickBooks online, it does actually still help to have C-Store Pro or one of those other platforms out there because as you're going to see, if you decide to manage everything in QuickBooks, it's a lot of work. It, it works. It works really well. But it um, if you have existing technologies, it's good to implement them or integrate them. And uh, so when you're in the convenience store or out at the pumps, you do already have point of sale systems out there because, you know, you have to ring people up at the counter. You're not going to do that in QuickBooks. And so one of the things that's really important, and this is true for any, any system, if you are managing inventory through your POS system, you don't also manage your inventory in QuickBooks. It's one or the other. You don't want them to be redundant because then you have to adjust everything in two places. So I always recommend that you use your POS system if you, if you are doing inventory inventory in the store. And I'm going to talk about 
whether you should or not. And then you can just do your category tracking in QuickBooks if you want to, the different departments in the store, you know, your your beverages, your snacks, your cookies, your beer and wine, um, you know, all of the different sales categories. And so what you do is at the end of the day from your POS system, you run what's called a Z taper, a daily sales report, and you make that in the system in your QuickBooks. And a lot of the time that is a manual process. I haven't really come up with a good way of automating that. So if anybody does have any suggestions, please put them in the chat because I'd like to know. And so basically the the workflow is that with your QuickBooks template, you have uh, some transactions that you have to do every day and some transactions that you do every week and some transactions that you do every month and some transactions that you just do as they as they happen. But putting a Z-tape system into play is um, one of the steps along the way. And I'll talk more about a daily sales receipt in a, in a few minutes. When you're dealing with the fuel, you have your choice as to whether you're going to inventory your fuel in QuickBooks or don't or not inventory it in QuickBooks. If you do it as inventory, then it works this as normal. When you purchase your fuel, it goes to inventory asset. When you sell it, it will move to cost of goods. Special grades, some states have a middle grade where you've got the regular and you've got the premium, and then your pump actually mixes the two together to make a special grade. And if that's the case, that's a whole other issue because then you have you have to do a regular adjustment that your inventory numbers or your pump reports aren't going to be exactly right because you've some of some of the regular is gone and some of the premium is gone. And so you have to blend the two together and do inventory adjustments to accommodate that mix. So that's something I didn't even know, right? Mm -hmm. Is that is that the middle grade is not actually there's no tank for that mm -mm. lurking below the gas station. Mm -mm. It's just one, it's the premium and the other and, and and mixed together. So there is no quantity on hand if you're uh if you are tracking it with inventory. So that's just one of those Aha, surprises that probably what was day day two of your four day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that definitely that definitely took some figuring out for sure. Um, so then inside the store you have your merchandise. And so typically we do it as non-inventory. And you're going to see the screenshots in here are going to be kind of a mix of desktop and online. I just kind of chose whatever was convenient for the time. Uh, but this would be your your normal periodic inventory system where all your purchases go to inventory um, when, and then what I do is I do a, um, a journal entry at the end of each month, taking a look at the sales and the percentage, and then moving that the, the margin that the owner is pricing at and moving that margin from uh, inventory to cost of goods. And then at the end of the month, the quarter, the year, whatever, however often you want to do an inventory, most of my gas stations just call in a company at the end of the year, and then we'll do a, an adjustment to get all the numbers all squared up. So how often you do that really depends on the accuracy that you want in your reports. Some owners want to know everything. Some owners really could care less. And so you can kind of decide how often you're going to do a, an actual hand count on your inventory. So with the different departments, there's a lot of different departments in a convenience store. And you can see a lot of those in the, um, in the 
image that I have here. So there's beer and wine, alcohol sales, there's um, the deli, there's the fuel, there's groceries, there's the lottery. I'm going to talk a lot about lottery. There's non-food merchandise, there's sporting goods, there's tobacco. And then depending on the store, they may have other departments that other ones don't have. One of my gas stations has a Coinbase cryptocurrency machine and they have a check cashing machine. Uh, the first store that I set it up at actually had um, Department of Fish and Wildlife permits or ATV permits. Um, here in Oregon, we also have bottle returns. And so they'll this particular gas station actually would take the bottle returns and pay out the nickels. Uh, they also the first one I ever cut my teeth on actually had a growler station where you could actually go get um, uh, not homebrewed um, craft brewed beer at the in these um, logoed growlers. So they had a whole growler fill station. And so I even built that into the template. So when you are looking at all of these different departments and you're doing your purchasing, not all of them are going to be um, inventory asset. If it has a car wash, you know, all of the soap and all of the, the water and the claws and all of that, that's going to go over to cost of goods directly because you're not going to inventory how much soap you have. And the bakery and deli, it's all fresh food. So you're not going to inventory that because you're either going to sell it or toss it or hopefully donate it if you have extras. Coffee typically doesn't get inventoried either because you buy the beans and it just gets used up um, because you're actually making the coffee on premises. Um, if you're doing any other permits, like I mentioned, this one does ATV, DFW, um, those aren't going to get inventoried. And if they're doing bottle refunds, that's not going to get inventoried. So only the, the products that are going to sit on the shelf and have a uh, shelf life are going to fall into that inventory category. So now let's look at that Z tape that I was talking about. So this is familiar to a lot of you already, but if you haven't ever worked with a POS system, this is kind of how you do it. So what you don't want to do is have every single sale log show up in QuickBooks because you really don't care that this customer bought this and this customer bought this because you're not developing a relationship with your customers. Most of them are just in and out and you know, travelers or um, commuters. So what you do is your POS system has a daily report, which is typically called a Z tape. And you create a daily sales receipt in your QuickBooks that has no balance once you're done at the end of the day. It's a $0 sales receipt. And some people will do this with a journal entry, but I like doing it as a sales receipt because number one, if you have met me before, I hate journal entries. And doing it as a sales receipt also allows it to show up on a lot of different reports that everything that's on a sales receipt is also now a product or a service. And then you can also run your product and service reports and get all of that information to do analysis and to do sales analysis as well. So um, that's why I do a sales receipt instead of a journal entry. So at the top of the sales receipt, um, and let me see if I can zoom in on this or not. It's hard to do when you're presenting. Yeah. <laughs> to, nope. to view it. No luck. All right, but you can you'll be able to see the handouts. But uh, basically, you first figure out what departments the owner does want to track. So typically, you'll get grocery, alcohol, deli, non um, non food, lottery, things like that. And so the top of the sales receipt is all the income that you're making, all of the different ways that you're earning money and that your customers are paying you for. 
Then below that, you subtract out all the payment methods, all the ways that you got paid. So did they pay by cash? Did they pay by check? Did they pay by credit card? So all of those are going to get subject, uh, subtracted out. Uh, if you have employee charge accounts, those will get subtracted out. If you have um, money coming out of the cash register for, you know, you've got the, the the local person who makes tamales and you sell tamales at the store, are you paying them? Or are you paying the window washer? You know, any money out of the, the cash register counts as well. Then you have lottery winnings. People, you know, you're taking money out of the register to um, for people who won um, lottery tickets through, through scratch-its and, and um Powerball, stuff like that. So by the time you find all the different ways that the money is leaving the store, by the time you're done, the whole thing equals zero. And what you do is you save this as a recurring daily template as a reminder so that it pops up and it just says, hey, it's time to enter in your daily sales receipt. You don't want to schedule it because the numbers are going to be different every day. You A reminder works great so that you know if you did it already for the day. Um, I have some people who will leave it as unscheduled, but then you have to monitor and go check and like, did the manager put it in today? Did the owner put it in today? And you have to go follow it up. So I like making all of these reminders so that I have a list of them and I know exactly what has to get entered on a daily or weekly basis. So the, uh, so the fun fact here is that the Z actually stands for zero, <laughs> to zero everything out back to zero. And the the the, the concept that you're that you're getting at here is that by putting the items or, or the departments as items and then netting it out to zero is that the uh, the accounting or the bookkeeping or the 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 the, um, the magic behind the the the, Z, the the daily sales receipt is is handing handling that by you just doing matching this zero Z out Z tape report to into QuickBooks exactly and. So what doing the Z tape allows you to do is, you know, the things like sales just get handled as regular sales, but the lottery payouts, um, it, maybe you have EBT, maybe there's, um, there's an ATM. And so everything that's one of those payout methods goes into a clearing account, which is typically done as a bank account. Some circumstances, it might be done as an asset or liability, but I always make them um, bank accounts. And then, so for example, the merchant services, so everything that was paid um, by credit card goes into this clearing account, and then it gets reimbursed. And so when you reimburse it, it goes back to the clearing account to zero out the clearing account. And so the clearing accounts are very heavily used in these scenarios because there's a lot of third-party activity happening at a gas station in a convenience store. There's the merchant services. And sometimes the merchant services actually isn't just the a bank paying you. Sometimes if it's a branded fuel store, like if it's a, a Shell or a Mobile, the merchant services is deducted from your fuel purchases, which makes it really convoluted. <laughs> um, and I'm going to talk about that in a little while. So it makes it really crucial that you track merchant services. As, as you're talking about uh, these the, the, these stores, they almost seem like a hodgepodge of, you know, you know that maybe they decide to you know, do cryptocurrency or, <laughs> or the ATMs, but you're not going to necessarily have, you know, one, one convenience store with all the same things that other convenience stores have. 
it's really, is that what you've, you've experienced is that, you know, the owner just happens to, you know, somebody walks into the store and says, Hey, would you like to have a video poker machine? Oh, sure. You know, <laughs> that's exactly how it happens. And so everybody's got a whole different list. So these are some of the most popular ones. Um, so almost well, all of them have lottery, um, EBT or food stamps, um, the ATM. The money for the ATM actually has to come out of the cash register, and then the money goes to the people who draw the money out, and then the ATM company pays you back for the money that you put into the machine. Some will have fleet accounts or charge accounts or uh, house accounts, and so like the local Les Schwab comes and fills all their cars with you, and so instead of all of the employees going and... Um, and paying individually, they'll just rack up their account and then they'll pay monthly. So you'll frequently see um, clearing accounts for that. You Maybe they've got check cashing machines, cryptocurrency machines. There's a lot of moving parts, lots of them to keep track of. So lottery is, I have a love-hate relationship with the lottery. Um, there are <laughs> two kinds of lottery. There's the lotto, like the Powerball kind, and then there's the scratch-it tickets. And the way the scratch-its work is you buy a whole packet of them, and then you have to actually track your lottery packets and then return any unused when a game ends. Winning tickets are paid out of the cash register, and so those go into a lottery clearing account. And then the state will reimburse you for your winning tickets, minus your scratch it packets. Sometimes there's extra fees like line fees or utility fees. And so you'll get an actual sales report, another essentially a Z tape from the lottery. And when I make the uh, memorized transaction for the lottery, I go out of my way to customize it with the actual words that it says on the ticket. Because the first time you figure this out, it's going to take you like two hours to figure out exactly where all of the different numbers are going to have to go. And so what I do is in the memo, I write the actual text from the document. And then I also, in parentheses, will say if it's a debit or a credit. And a lot of these do have to be done on journal entries. And so I'll say, okay, debit, because we pay them. Credit, because they're paying us. Credit, they're paying us. Debit, depends if they're paying us or we're giving them. And so the instructions on all of my memorized transactions actually like give the owner or the bookkeeper the specific instructions for where to find the number and what the number means. And that really, really helps when you're um, doing your daily work. And then, you know, there's different, um, there's different uh, states. You're going to have different, different things. Or do you find that, you know, with, with regards to lottery, that it's, it's pretty consistent or is it, you know, one state over another? Cause I, I just saw Jonathan Bellows uh, comment there is that Massachusetts up to a thousand dollars. He thinks then the lottery pays out. Right. <laughs> so it could be different from state to state. Every even. state is different. Some of them don't have either the, the lotto or the scratch at sales. The, the procedure is different. The payouts are different. And that's why I joke that, it, you know, it's going to take you two hours just to figure out your system. But then once you've got it dialed in, you're dialed in. Okay. All right. So we're going to launch our next poll question, which most of what, what you're, what you're talking about here, Alicia centers around the idea of uh, a daily sales summary. And, and Michelle had uh, pointed out, of course, that there is uh, in the advanced training, there is uh, a whole module about uh, doing the daily sales uh, summary. 
so go ahead and, uh, and and put in there as whether you've worked with the daily sales summary, if it, maybe this is the first time you're even hearing about that concept. Um, definitely, uh, you know, if you need more more details about the uh, the daily sales summary, uh, go into the advanced training and, and take a look at those uh, those modules as well. Yeah, you know, it's a you can see how much work it goes in that goes into it. And it, as far as the niche goes, this is a really good one because you really should be charging a lot because it's specialized knowledge. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of hands on manual activity that you can't automate in in any way. So it's um, I, I actually have a couple gas stations who are DIY and, you know, it took us probably a year of dialing dialing everything in for them and training them on how to do it. And then they keep coming up and saying, oh, well, now we have DoorDash. Now we have Munchy Magic. And so they keep changing what they do. They brought in the cryptocurrency machines. And so just when I think I've got them totally dialed in, they're trying something new. So yeah, and, and daily sales summaries could also work for other uh, you know, retail and anything that something has uh, a front end system to, you can you can utilize daily sales summaries for for that as well. Like restaurants, I, I saw that floating out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything that has a, a specialized uh, system to to track whatever it is that they're doing, but really doesn't feed in well to, into into QuickBooks or the accounting package. The daily sales summary is a great way to to handle that. Yeah, they're also great for any e-commerce as well if you're not pulling in individual sales. Go ahead and share the results. So most people have have heard about uh, daily sales summaries. Um, I, I love the <laughs> no daily what is <laughs> one of the one of the uh, the comment or the options there. Uh, but let's continue on. This is uh, great stuff. Come, hopefully coming in for a landing sooner. You got more. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's more, more nuances. Now, now I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the considerations for each one. Um, and so I don't want to go too deep. Um, I do have, in addition to the book, I actually recorded a three-hour video training that goes through actually demonstrating how to do everything. And um, there's a, I have a, a whole, the book, the course, and the template as a bundle on my website. And we'll give you a link to that at the end. But the course actually goes through and like I show you how to do the ATM and I show you how to do the lottery. And so you get all the detail that I can't cover in 40 minutes. Um, So this is just a little bit more. I'm not going to go into everything on this, but just to show you how it works. So the ATM, when you're managing the ATM, it starts as one of your cash Uh, one of your payment methods on your daily sales because you're taking money out of the register. Then the ATM has its daily report that it spits out to let you know how much money um, was dispersed. And so you make a sales receipt off of that payout for the money that's reimbursed. And then you get the reimbursement from the ATM company, but you also get your own cut. That's why there's income involved with this, where the, uh, the company pays you a, a fee for, and usually it's percentage, sometimes it's a flat fee, where they're actually paying you to have the ATM. So you also have income involved as well. Now, one of the things that it says on this slide about the about the clearing accounts is reconciling all of these clearing accounts. And I just want to say how important that is because the whole purpose of tracking all of these different things is to make sure that you're getting reimbursed the money that you shelled out. That if you're going to put money in the cash register, you need to get that money 
back. And so that's with when anytime you have a clearing account, you want to figure out what their pay cycle is and then reconcile it to zero to see here's all the money I shelled out and here's when they paid me back and those reconcile to zero. And then that way you can see if they underpaid you, overpaid you, missed a payment, or you accidentally categorized it as something else somewhere else. So it is very important that you reconcile all of these clearing accounts. Another revenue stream at the convenience store is fee income. So like I just said, with the ATMs, maybe you have one of those um, air machines that are filling the um, tires out in the, out in the parking lot. Um, maybe you have um, electric vehicle charging stations. So a lot of the time, other outside agencies will give you money for providing these machines and providing these um, services at your station. So you have a whole set of fee income. There's also incentives. Incentives are like grocery incentives or tobacco incentives where they'll like be having a sale and then they'll pay you to promote and push some of their specific wares that they want to push. So tobacco incentives are extremely common. Grocery incentives are a little less common, but um, less frequent, but they're common. And so um, having incentive categories as income categories are also important. And you'll see here how I did this, that you have a header category and then you have all of the subcategories underneath. And that's for everything. Now, employee charge accounts. Some stores will allow the employees to uh, buy stuff and then instead of paying for it, they just deduct it from their payroll. So they're giving store credit to the employees. It comes out of their paycheck. And if you're doing that, you would actually, they would be a payment method on your POS system and on the daily sales receipt. And then when you run payroll, you find out how much they charged and you deduct it. Um, one of the gas stations that I, the, the recreation station who I did this with, uh, who, who I set it up with, did it because it reduces his turnover that some of his employees were doing their food shopping right there in the store. And they would sometimes like be right up there on their paycheck where they're spending most of their paycheck. And so the employees didn't want to leave because that was their main source of food or occasionally like they would owe him money if they actually quit. So he would sometimes- Were they singing 16 tons? I think <laughs> Isn't that the idea of the, the whole song? <laughs> Is that the the pounds of bananas? No, the uh you know, sixteen tons, what do you get? Another day oh, over. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Go so Aaron, the company store. Aaron had actually determined that he um could tell if an employee was going to quit because they would stop buying things. And so he actually was able to identify two employees that were about to leave because their spending pattern changed, which I found very interesting. Um, house accounts, these are the credit that you're extending to local businesses where instead of paying every time they buy gas or buy something from the store, they just pay at the end of the month. And so you create an other current asset account for each of the house accounts for each of the companies. And then you... Um, write an in you invoice them and the invoice goes back to um, zero out that other current asset account which you then also reconcile so that's how the the local charges or house accounts work okay there's a um the i had mentioned the monthly non-inventory adjustment so assuming that you're not adjusting inventory 
I'll run a sales report at the end of the month by category. So you'll see the total sold for each of the categories. And then if he's working off of a 25% margin, that means that whatever price he bought at, he's adding 25% on for the profit. So you need to find out what the cost was. And we just do it as a percentage of that using that margin. So you take the monthly sales and you multiply it by one minus the margin. And that gives you the actual cost per item. And then we'll do a journal entry, moving that out of inventory and moving it into um, cost of goods. So it's a rough number. It's not accurate, but it's close enough for daily uh, for daily work without having to spend all sorts of time and effort getting being accurate because it's you know it's ballpark. It's going to be pretty close. With your fuel, some pumps will actually give you inventory reports, but some of them don't. So. Typically, what you have to find out is not just the cost of the fuel, but you have to find out its burdened gallon cost, like with the taxes and with the delivery charges and with um, other fees involved. Then you find out about what it costs for delivery for that month and then um, move that over um, according to how much you sold. Uh, If you are doing inventoried fuel, then you would just do an inventory quantity adjustment. So it's actually a little easier to do fuel by inventory, especially since some of the pumps will give you reports and you know what's supposed to be there. Then you can just do your inventory adjustment, which is going to compensate for not just your your fuel, but your special, your special grade that I talked about, spillage, shrinkage. Sometimes temperature fluctuations might cause the levels in the tank to fluctuate. And so you just go ahead and do a monthly inventory um, adjustment. So I actually prefer doing fuel inventory over non-inventory most of the time, but it definitely has its own ramifications. Um, And then at the, uh, whether it's at the end of the year or every six months or every quarter, I insist that they do a manual count. Um, And we make those adjustments to a shrinkage account, not just cost of goods, to show that this is what we manually sledgehammered to do a correction. And I did have one gas station who did it at purchase price when they gave me their inventory numbers, not at the actual cost of the of their goods and we had to start over again so make sure make sure it's like give me the price that you paid for these items on the shelf and there are companies that will come in and do that so it's not just like the 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 guy who works the register who's doing it there are companies that will come in and have that information for what the original prices were for the for the goods and then give you those numbers so that's super important Now, in order to make all of this work, the easiest thing to do are make as many memorized transactions as possible. Um, You definitely don't want to start from scratch. So you're basically creating templates. So every single day you have your daily sales receipt um, and you have your ATM report. Once a week, the lottery will send you their report. Every month, you'll run your house account invoices and do your inventory to COGS adjustment. And then maybe you have a fleet like a WEX card, um, a gas um, payment uh, card system. And you would do all of those monthly. 
every year you would do your annual inventory adjustment and of course all your other closing entries. Um, and then there's a couple of transactions that are just on an as needed basis. Maybe the owner is um, getting their own gas or maybe they're, um, the owner is giving somebody a gift card. Um, and then maybe you have to kind of square up your employee charges if something got tracked wrong. Um, so sometimes you have these other adjustments. Um, one of the things that I do is after I get this thing dialed in, I will also uh, create a backup of it. So I'll save a duplicate copy and call it backup because as you know, every time you use a recurring transaction and you change it or edit it, it always asks, oh, you've changed this transaction. Do you want to save it? Do you want to save it? And if you accidentally click yes, instead of no, any of the changes that you've made uh, will cascade down and then it'll be wrong moving forward. So I always keep a backup. I also didn't mention if they have more than one location, then that's where classes come in. So if the owner has two gas stations, you can, if they're both on the same tax forms, you would just use locations or classes as, um, as your columns. I prefer classes in this situation. Um, if they are on separate tax forms, of course, you would have completely separate files for them. And so here's where it really becomes an opportunity. So for some of you, you're listening to all this going, oh my God, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear anymore. No way am I going to touch this within a 10-foot pole. Some of you are going, oh my God, that sounds like fun. That's like a perpetual puzzle to figure out. And like I said, it can be really lucrative. There's 150,000 gas stations and convenience stores. I've got one on the corner right by my house. You probably drive past three of them on your on your way to your kid's school. Um, there's not a lot of bookkeepers who are specializing in it. Most business owners are absolutely not qualified to do this work themselves. I have trained them. Most of the time they're like, mm, that sounded like a good idea, but no, I need somebody as a backup. And so I have a couple bookkeepers that I uh, do refer to, um, Sandra Lanier Thomas. There's a couple people that I do, but I am always happy to have more people that even though that this is a niche that I have really developed this whole intricate system on, if I get a call saying, oh, I'm a gas station and I want to get started, my, my first reaction is, okay, I don't know if I have time on my schedule to do this. So because I have kind of over since 2017 to now over this five years, I've gone more into the textbook publishing and the bookkeeper training and business owner QuickBooks training, and I'm not doing as much bookkeeping, I'm not taking on these gas stations myself. So I could actually use my own partner where when I do get the calls, I can actually like send you clients. Um, you got to be good at it. You got to be advanced certified to really know how to do all of this stuff well, but this is a great niche to uh, to go into and you know reach out to me afterwards. I'm happy to, to train you up. So like I said, in order to get all of this um, training and to learn how to do it, I have the, the physical book, which outlines and explains all of these things. But um, I also have a course that's three hours. There's a desktop version and an online version where I really show it all and explain it all in depth. And then there's also a template, which is $3.99, where you can just buy the QuickBooks file, open it up, and then start customizing it for your own need. And I do have a bundle for it as well. So there's a link on your screen right now, um, Royal Wise, it's my, my bit.ly um, dash gas 
dash c store dash discount capitalization does matter on this, uh, but this will give you a sample chapter of the book and then a discount on buying the whole package. And, and for so those if, of you that are trying to click on the screen, uh, I put the it's I put it as a button on the QB Power Hour uh, landing page there for for this particular webinar. So you can just uh, click on that from the chat and then uh, go into the to the button uh, so that. It can be um, you, so. If you want to get that, take advantage of that free chapter. Uh, you can do that from from there as well. Okay, excellent. Thank you for doing that and making it sure. available. Yeah, I I can imagine you know somebody's. <laughs> it, it's not touch screen anymore. <laughs> Alicia, I did I did have a question for you because you mentioned yeah. that template and that would work great with desktop. But in your book, do you give details on how to set it up in QBO? Um, yeah. Or do you have anything along the lines like that for QBO as opposed to desktop? Yeah, I mean, you could you could open it up in desktop and then import it in. If you don't have desktop, you could, um, I think you can still download free trials. And so you mm -hmm. can use that just as a conversion tool. Um, I know that um, Dan does conversions. Maybe he can help with it. And if, if I've got the bandwidth, I can also like do that one step for you as a um, as a paid service. Yeah. Um, and so at least we can take that file and get it up into the cloud for you so that you can pick it up from there. And then people could always use an app like Rewind or something to make a copy of it in yes. the cloud for other QBO clients. To, Absolutely. To and I, I think for a while we actually had a sample file that I could use through Rewind to move it over. Um, there, Because there, there's also memorized reports involved, and I can't remember if the memorized reports came over. Um, but yeah, there, there are definitely options that we can help you get set up if you're on QBO. It's a little extra elbow grease but most of my clients are actually on QBO, even the gas stations. Awesome. awesome. Okay. I'm gonna throw the last uh, poll question up here because this is now, now that you've seen all the things that, <laughs> that go into, and then probably there's some that you don't even, that, you, that you'll, you'll discover <laughs> if you decide <laughs> to take on a, a convenience store client. What is it, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? Is this, was this information helpful? I could do this. Uh, good info information, not my cup of tea or nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I like that by Alicia instead of Alicia. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a couple of people who said not my desired niche, a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but think about it. That's also why it can be more lucrative. And once you learn this, then you've got that knowledge and you're an export expert at it, it is very valuable and could be more valuable than just a basic service-based business. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a it's a fabulous niche. And I hope that I've inspired a couple, at least a handful of people to explore. For sure. And like I said, you know, even if you're not doing gas stations and convenience stores, a lot of the things that I'm talking about are relevant for any intricate retail environment that has multiple departments. Um, now, one of the things that you didn't mention was about sales tax. Um, how do you handle the? Would you suggest? Would you suggest just putting in the sales tax numbers and and doing that in the point of sale system, or would you say how would you how would you handle uh, sales tax? I try and handle it through QuickBooks, but sometimes it's better handled through the POS system, and you just um, and you do everything non sales tax in 
in QuickBooks and then just make your sales tax payments. Um, the it depends on your state. Um, one of the things that gets really tricky with sales tax is that um, different products are taxed at different rates, which makes it really hard in QuickBooks unless you go through that whole comb thing that they have. But like your your hot food is taxed if you have one of those deli counters, it's taxed at a different rate than your Snickers bars. So it really then you also have alcohol taxes and cigarette taxes and the fuel and gas taxes. And but then just aside from that, you think about it this way, the in the POS system, it's taxing every individual sale. Whereas if you were putting totals into QuickBooks and letting it calculate the taxes, it's going to come up different because you're taxing it. You're doing it in lump totals as opposed to each individual sale. So yeah, in you're likely going like to have this, surrounding issues. Right. In situations like this, it's better to use whatever the point of sale system calculated and not use the sales tax feature in QuickBooks. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well this is certainly... great content, Alicia. I loved it. And, and you you timed it perfectly for the for the hour. <laughs> so look at that! It's it's one o'clock. I just wanted to share the the last one. Yeah, it, it, you definitely got some uh, got some folks uh, interested in, in what uh, what could be a lucrative niche for for them, or at least the information was was helpful. Um, when we um, when we close out of today's webinar. Uh, just just to remind everyone, the browser window will pop up a survey. So we appreciate your feedback on on this uh, this webinar and and any um, anything we can do to improve or, or or things you really liked about this one, so we can continue uh, to to improve uh, as well for the for the Power Hour. So we'll we'll come in for a landing here. Um, I'll go ahead and stop sharing there. And of course, now everything's over top of <laughs> over top of the screen. I can't see. <laughs> One more reminder I would like to put for everybody. We've got the VCon at the end of the month, May 24th through the 26th or somewhere around there. The last week of May, don't forget recertification. Um, those of you that are already certified, the recertification is out and available and you need to get it done by the end of June. That's what I did on Mother's Day. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, thanks again, Alicia. It was great to have you joining us today. Great information for everybody. Dan, thank you as always. Good to see you, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a great, have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.
We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.